Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear oh, you. Oh, what's going on, my brother? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you, brother? I'm very well, man. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, good to hear your voice. Um, I'm speaking with um, Jason Barrett, the author and creator of the. Please forgive me if I butcher the name. JB1 Comics. Can you just give me the right pronunciation so I. I so it's JB on JB on Comics. Okay, JB on Comics. Okay, JB on. There you go. Okay. Okay. Um, nice to have you on, brother. So, um, if we could just dive right straight into it, just yes, tell sir. the listeners a bit about yourself and um, what got you into comics. Um, to be honest, I've been collecting comics from I was probably about uh, 10 years old. Um, I'm 44 now, so it's been a long time. And um, if you saw my collection, you would be impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've always just had a love for comic books. I've always just enjoyed the stories, the pictures. Um yeah, I've always been like uh, predominantly as much as I like Superman. I think Marvel. I've all, I've always been like a Marvel. I've really been into the Marvel kind of comic book universe more so than DC comic book universe. Okay. So yeah, it, it's been it's been a long time. Uh, okay, um, I, I'm a comic, not myself. Though it's been a while I've actually <laughs> read comics, but I'm a comic person. I've always loved. Yes. But unlike you, I'm on the other side of the divide. I I love um, DC comics. I prefer DC comics more. Okay. I prefer the characters more. Um, my f- first comic, the first comic I ever read was the Green Lantern comic, Green Lantern yeah. Emerald Knights. And that was the first comic I read. Um, yeah. And since then, oh no, I lied. The very first artwork I saw was I don't know if you probably had seen this. It's um. It's called the checklist. Checklist. No. It's sort of like um, a catalog of comic book characters. Okay. Well, it's not actually. It doesn't have any actual storyline, but it just has, um, from A to Z, heroes that fall under that um, particular alphabet, and then yeah. the, you have a bit about their powers and and their origin. Their the um, origin story and things like that. So that was the first comic art I saw, and then the next one was the uh, Green Lantern comics. Um, okay. So, um, so I'm you was more of a Green Lantern collector or just DC across the board? I'm DC across the board. Uh, I always okay. I'm a collector, but I'm, I'm a DC fan across the board. So I was Green Lantern. Green Lantern first, and then that brought me to the comic. Then Superman, of course, mm-hmm. that Superman is like the like everyone's favorite Boy Scout. So yeah, yeah, I definitely. Superman. And then as I grew older, I then loved Batman because Batman has the feel of being a bit more grounded. Like yeah. if ever there were to be superhero a superhero in existence, it will be Batman. You know, yeah, with skill set and origin and just like that. So. I became more of a fan of, of Batman, but always have a soft spot for Superman and Green Lantern. Yeah, 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 I get you. See, now Superman was my guy, and that's why I say, interestingly, even though I'm a Marvel book collector, Superman, definitely. I think it's really because of the live-action films um, with um, Christopher Reeves yeah. back in the day. Yeah. I think those captured me, and like Superman 2, to this day, is still probably my favourite superhero movie. You know, Terrence Stamp's 
interpretation of General Zod, it was just outstanding. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, so Superman's always been, and then I was a massive, massive lover of Smallville. But I thought that um, uh, the character, uh, what's his name, Welling, Tom Welling, Tom who Welling. played, um, yeah, who played Clark in Smallville, yeah. and um, the guy that played Lex Luthor in Smallville, yeah. absolutely brilliant. He, yeah, he yeah, to me, is the best interpretation of Lex Luthor that I've ever seen. Yeah, Even yeah. better than Gene Hackman, and that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was actually, it was actually brilliant. And the guy who played his, um, who played um, Luthor Senior, was also yes. very good. <laughs> Lionel, yes, you're right. Excellent. They were they, that 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 whole loop, that whole setup, that whole loop of setup was just fantastic. And I and I feel like we were robbed not getting Tom Welling as a Superman in one of the in one of the um, uh, features. Yeah, I think we got robbed, man. Yeah, we, we got, got robbed, robbed. <laughs> especially because when I had um, there was Supergirl, I was wondering why not Superman first. Right. Then when I heard that the Superman would be making an appearance, would be making appearances in cameo appearances on Supergirl, so I was like, okay. This is time, Tom Welling, Tom Welling. But yes. it's like behind the scenes, there was the feeling like he would be a bit too, um, should I say, popular, and may outshine yeah. the the um, lady playing that played that was playing um, uh, that played Supergirl. Yes, that's what I was feeling. And since he wasn't getting his own Superman TV show, so maybe that would have. Maybe that was not too um, enticing enough for Tom Welling to come back, but I really would have loved to see him, to see him um, as as Superman. Oh, definitely, definitely. I would have loved. Definitely, definitely. Loved, I would have loved uh, uh, you know, they, they, that, that that was a that was a crime to all Superman fans around yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what's annoying? You've got the Arrow. Yep. You've got Superman. I mean, no, uh, Supergirl. You've got the Flash. Flash. Yep. Yeah. And um, you've got at some stage there was elongated man, but you never had the Trinity, Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman. Yeah. You know, you never got to see yeah, yeah. them in any TV show. So. I just, you know what it is at, at the moment. So at the moment for me, I'm, I'm having um, I'm having a difficult time because I feel like the MCU have obliterated the DC. Uh, cinematic universe they've, they've, they've obliterated them I don't, I don't think I don't know what DC are doing when it comes to their cinematic universe but they need to fix it and pronto with regards to their TV shows I think they've been stronger than Marvel by and large yeah, I think yeah. that their TV shows are, The Flash is brilliant has been a lot stronger than anything anything that I think that um, Supergirl as well has been a bit, lot stronger than anything that Marvel have put out I enjoyed Luke Cage um, uh, you know, uh, defenders, uh, agents of guild. I didn't like. So it, it's kind of balanced itself there, but I just feel like with the cinematic universe, I feel like DC. Um, I don't know, man. They need to go back to the drawing board. What, what are your thoughts? My, my, for me, what I like you said. It's funny you said drawing board because I feel that she just go to their drawing room or yeah wherever their headquarters is in in california or in the u.s mm-hmm. go to the guys that are in charge of their um, anime animation mm-hmm. and just make them head of dc, head yeah. of DC movies, uh, uh, you know what good 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 point good catch because the uh animation universe brilliant yeah. 
DC's animate, animated films are by far superior by to Marvel's. Far, by far. By far. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I, I'm guessing you've seen it. This, um, what's the name? Justice League War. Justice League War. Yes. Yeah, I saw Justice League War. Um, I just finished watching Red Sun actually, um, which I, which again I, I enjoyed immensely. Um, I just all of them, the, the one with all of the Supermen, you know, after the death of Superman, and yeah, you've got yeah, Steel. The of yeah, Superman, I mean, yeah. you know, they're just and uh, you know Manchester Blacks. They're just, uh, they're just. When it comes, you're right. Them guys who are doing the um, animated universe, they need to be somehow transitioned to the film universe yeah. because they're writing better stories. Yeah, and it's like if you wait, they seem to follow certain plot lines. If you watch all the animated series, they follow. Yeah. There are some plot lines that move on from movie to movie. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like for instance, Justice League War. Why is it Justice League War should have been the Justice League? You know because. Yeah. You had a very brilliant introduction of Superman, good introduction of of um, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, of course Batman, and and then okay Wonder Woman. So it was like kind of a meeting point for all the characters, for the top characters. You were just introduced yep. to them, you know, just giving little snippets into their their powers, what they're made of, their character. So that would have been. Justice League instead of what we ended up having you know yep. and I feel DC tried too much at some point to become Marvel yes you know the, because there was this um, argument that uh, what's his name uh, Zack Snyder yeah Zack Snyder that Zack Snyder his Zack Snyder's universe was too dark too gritty uh, and all that you know so there was the kind of oh that's not too good for viewing and all that and then they tried to tweak it at some point to be a bit more marvelly if I would yeah. use the, that phrase so yeah I agree I agree but I think you know one the other side of it is the numbers and I think that they can't you know the num- numbers don't lie you know they say you know people lie the numbers don't lie and I think that the numbers that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been doing pretty much every single one of the big pictures they put out was done huge numbers Black Panther done huge numbers Civil War huge numbers all of them pretty much since Iron Man to be honest since Iron Man number one have done such big numbers at the box office and then then they sort of led us so so nicely into Endgame which just you know I mean they, they cheated to make it the biggest box office of all time they cheated by re-releasing it to beat um, Avatar but still yeah. the fact that it was even it was even up next to Avatar in the first place was was impressive so yeah. and I think that Justice League um, uh, they tried to do an Avengers type thing but uh, they just missed the mark and I I, I don't know that it's really strange it's really strange because even um, things like Man of Steel Man of Steel was a good film but again it just didn't grab me and when I mean I am a, from the Christopher Reeves days of Superman Superman 1 Superman 2 Superman 3 um, Superman 4 kind of you know messed up a little bit but that's because you know Christopher Reeves actually directed it and wasn't the director but those films back then you know Marvel didn't have a look in into that book that Superman 
dominated. Um, box office and all the rest of it dominated. And then you got to the return of Superman Returns with um, Brandon Ross. And from then, it's just been on a steady decline. From that point, it's like they've got it wrong there. And I think one of the mistakes they keep making with Superman is they keep doing an origin story. We didn't need an origin story. What we needed was a continuation from... I would have picked it up from Superman 2. If you want to bring Zod back into it, pick it up from from, from Superman 2. He's still frozen in the ice. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see what the, <laughs> you saw what they did with um, Doomsday. Trying to say Doomsday was a clone or was made oh, from, of Zod. from Zod. Oh, terrible. That just, terrible. That was just terrible. That was just terrible. <laughs> because Doomsday is meant to be an entity just created to kill Superman. To you know? kill Superman. Just just Kryptonian and Kryptonian yeah, as well. Like, just, like they just got it all wrong, man. Yeah, yeah. They just got everything... You know, they just got it all wrong, I think. They got it all wrong. And then they teased us... Um, Deathstroke. Oh, yes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and even, to be honest, even Deathstroke. I mean, I'm not the... I'm not... An, I would never, ever consider myself a super expert on on DC but I just feel like there are a lot more characters we'd like to see come into the cinematic universe other than Deathstroke if I'm going to be completely honest Uh, I would have much preferred to have seen maybe I don't know Lobo or I don't know Deathstroke just didn't excite me Deathstroke man Deathstroke Deathstroke is a badass I tell you because (laughs) Deathstroke (laughs) Deathstroke in terms of um, his intellect his fighting yep. style, his skills, is someone that would have um, really been a good foil, not a foil, but a good antagonist against the Justice League or even against Batman. Yeah, because- Batman, I would say, but not the whole league. And definitely, like, I can't see him in, he's, he's no comparison to the. Think about it. You got Aquaman, you got The Flash, who I really didn't like that guy for The Flash. They should have just used the guy from the series. Yeah. Um, and, and I think this is the other thing that really makes me sick about these some of these cinematic universes. And I know it's contracts and all the rest of it, but my thing is, if it's not broke, don't try and fix it. You've got someone playing The Flash at the moment who the fans love, who is excellent. Do what you need to do to get him into the movie. That's what I say. Yeah, and you know, at some point, they teased us a bit that would have um, Crisis of Infinite Earths. Yes. Where like the universes will merge and then you'll probably see two flashes or something like that. But yeah. all that didn't come true and for me that would have been way too early. Yeah. Because you have to ground the DC universe first properly. Let everyone know what's going on before you then bring on Bringing different timelines. You're correct. Yeah, you're definitely correct. You're definitely correct. Because that, that would just be confusing and um, um you know what it is as well? I feel like, you know, they sent Steppenwolf. I think they're obviously leading us up to Dark Side, which would be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're going to have an issue because they need to cast a, an absolute badass to, to, to actor. Because what Josh Brolin did with Thanos was, as far as I'm concerned, probably the second greatest supervillain in the history. See, since since Terrence Stamps, General Zod, I've got, I've got Josh Brolin's Thanos right up there, bro. <laughs> right up there. <laughs> He was brilliant. So if they're gonna bring Dark Side, they better bring Dark Side. They better bring the noise. Okay. Believe you me, they me can't bring no sloppy. Now. Let me put this on your table now. If 
you were the casting director, for instance, for DC Time Warner, and they said, okay, we're about making Justice League 3 or Justice League 2.0, we're making Darkseid the main villain, who give us your top three um, actors to play the role, who would you be casting? Oh, that's that. Oh, for dark side. <laughs> so it depends what it depends the road we're gonna go down. If we're gonna go down the whole road of prosthetics and you know making him, you know, doing the whole thing the way that we did with Thanos, then you know the guy that played Candyman. Have you ever seen that film before? Candyman. Ah, uh, it's a, a black guy. He's got a voice. Sounds his voice. He sounds like the devil, man. Um, I'm gonna get the actor's name. Give me one second. It's an old film from... Okay, this guy is called Tony Todd. Tony Todd. Yeah, it's a guy called Tony Todd. He played Candyman back in the day. And he's got this voice and this presence. I've seen him in a lot of the sci-fi stuff. So I've seen him in things like um, Star Trek Voyager and uh, um, SG, uh, Stargate Atlantis, uh, Stargate playing one of the Wraith. And he was one of the, um, the Herosian Hunters in Star Trek um, Voyager. Got an amazing voice, an amazing presence. And I think someone like that, is a, is, the problem is he's not so well known, but someone like that I think would really bring some power and some presence. Um, I think the guy that played Hellboy, um, Ron he could do... Yep. Ron Pelman, yeah. Ron Pelman definitely could do it. <laughs> I personally, honestly, I feel like Josh Brolin stole Ron Pelman's acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you have someone who's arrogant. His voice sounds arrogant. Yes. You know, and it sounds authoritative. It sounds like something that has power. You know, and his presence. And someone yes. that can just by standing alone he intimidates everyone. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because that's the kind of person I, I see Dark Side as, the kind of character yeah. I see Dark Side as. Agreed. He's, he's, ba- the king, he's basically, technically, you know, the king of apocalypse. Like, he's going to be that. He's going to be have that presence, that arrogance, that, that you know, that, that, that confidence that, like you say, once he, he and you're going to have to feel it in the voice. You know, you're going to have to feel it in the voice. I think Michael Dorn, uh, the guy, that, that, the actor that plays Wolf in Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, again, very powerful voice, very powerful presence. I think could do it. I actually think he. I think he plays. Um, he's the voice of Apocalypse in. Um, oh, it might not be Apocalypse. It might be Sun. Actually, what's what's Apocalypse Sun called? Uh, Orion. Orion. Yeah, Orion. I think. I think the guy with the funny helmet, right? Yes. Yeah, Orion. Uh, no, not Orion, not Orion. Uh, uh, one second. Caliban. Caliban? Caliban, there you go. I think he, actually Michael Dawn is the voice of Caliban, actually. Yeah. I think so. Um, but yeah, that sort of voice, I think, um, I think definitely works. Um, that sort of stillness in the acting, in the performance would, would work for Apocalypse. But, but they need to get it right because, um, you know, Marvel got it wrong with, 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 um, Sorry, I, I, I'm saying Dark Side. I meant sorry. Um, Marvel got it wrong with Apocalypse in in X Men. Um, I think Marvel got it wrong with that actor for Apocalypse. I, 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 Oscar I, I, Isaacs, yeah. Oscar, I think Oscar Isaac was the was the actor they cast as um, 
it's happened no uh, that's apocalypse really yeah, yeah. i didn't i didn't I, I i totally it was completely unbelievable for me because i was not sold on that on that on that apocalypse you know when you're casting the first mutants yeah someone yeah. who is meant to be the first mutant the most powerful of all mutants thank you someone with real presence you know yes Oscar, you, you, you've got, he's got to be on that he's got to be on that thanos level you got the first mutant that from from ancient egypt come on man this guy's got to be powerful and yeah. i'm sorry the guy's got to be black <laughs> yeah yeah they've got to cast a black guy for that role i'm sorry he's from ancient egypt he's got to cast a black guy for that role let's just have it right yeah <laughs> <laughs> and while we're talking about casting um there's this guy that's been in my head i said if ever there was to be a Martian Manhunter movie or if they were to bring him back into the Justice League or a TV series uh, this actor that's, that was the doctorate in um, Spartacus yes now you, you know the guy that I'm talking about he's very similar to him the guy that I said plays Candyman but yes the guy that played Doctori in he's brilliant and that guy would be great as the Martian Manhunter yeah. definitely He's got the voice each time it, I. Oh watch, man, and the presence. Yeah, and the presence. You know, he's got well, the presence. Yeah. And the guy, that guy is ridiculously fit. I think that guy should be, he should be over fifties. I think. Yeah, definitely. Guy, I just anything I see in, see him in the evil. What uh, was was it called? Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow. He was in it. That, that's um, ah. one TV series. He was in it. He came towards the end of season one as the main. Um, as the main villain or, or the main bad guy, I think. Yeah, he, he's called Peter Mensah. Yeah, Peter Mensah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Peter Mensah, the guy is, is exceptional. Would have been great for Martian Manhunter, but definitely, he, you know, he, he's got all this tall. You know, yeah, he he's got the presence. He'd be great as yeah. um, the Martian Manhunter. Yeah. I mean, listen, over time, I feel like a lot of these movies and stuff, and a lot of these series, they've got some, they've done some great. You know, some of these casting directors have hit the nail on the head. I don't think they could have got a better Wolverine than Hugh Jackman. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I, 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 that was Wolverine. I don't think they could have got a better um, Professor X um, than Charles than um, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. I think they, yeah, I think they hit the nail on the head with that. Personally, I think the first storm should have been Angela Bassett. Personally, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, not not Halle Berry. I'd have gone with Angela Bassett for the first storm. Um, I'd have also probably gone with. Um, Rutger Hauer for the first Magneto um, not uh, not Ian McKellar Ian McKellar, yeah. Not, yeah not Sir Ian McKellar but I think young Magneto Michael Fassbender yeah. round of applause he <laughs> <laughs> has the rage just boiling up he yeah. has the rage boiling up because for someone who's who grew up in an intern in an internment camp his parents uh-huh. were, were murdered you know, you just know the rage is yes. He, he just displayed it very well, especially in X Men First Class. Yes, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, oh, brilliant. outstanding. That's it. Listen, man, that guy. Oh, they couldn't have got a better Magneto for young Magneto. They couldn't have got it better, man. They hit the nail on the head. Um, I think Cable should definitely not have been Josh Brolin. I think they should have gone with um, the man from the guy from Rocky, uh, Dolph Lundgren. Okay. I think Dolph Lodgren would have been better as Cable. Um, Scott Lang. 
Scott Lang. Scott Lang, he was um, in this movie Don't Breathe. Don't Breathe. Uh-huh. One second, I'm looking at him right now. Let's have a look. Scott Lang, here we go. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe because I know he's fag a bit older, so maybe they are looking at franchise, you know, looking at creating a franchise or having at least cable appear in multiple movies. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so maybe edge-wise, he wouldn't have been able to to appear in as many movies yeah. as he would have wanted. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I you know, I, I really want to kind of, um, like, I, I started out directing and, and that was kind of, what, you know, I've kind of gone, took a step back to do comic books and stuff because film was my, has always been my first love, you know, that's, that's kind of like, but, you know, you need so much money to do the kind of films that I would really want to do and to do things how I'd want to do them. It's easier to do it on paper. And, you know, on paper, you can tell the story and you can engage the person's imagination and you can add, you've got the visual effects and everything that you want to do on, on the actual paper. Yeah. And as you see, these things are like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, if you want to do it properly, there are some films that I think capture it on smaller budgets. Um, you know, things like that film that Michael B. Jordan was in called Chronicle. Chronicle you know, yeah. I think they've done a great job. And it was a huge, huge budget. And I think that, so as the technology is moving forward, it's allowing us to do more with less, so yeah. to speak. So, um, yeah, so that's that's the exciting thing about it. But my kind of journey uh, with Heru was, I had originally written it as a screenplay, okay. um, the story. And I just thought, you know, I was trying to raise the money and, you know, it just wasn't happening. Not to do what I kind of wanted to do. We'd approached... Um, uh, uh, Michael, Michael Jai White about playing the lead, um, oh, about no, playing no. Heru and stuff, and, and was trying to, and once we, you know, was trying to get him engaged so that we could then go to the investors and say, look, we've got this guy signed on to do it, and you know, this guy was Spawn, and this guy, you know, was in these different films and so on and so forth, and um, and then it was like, right, none of that was happening. It was becoming very frustrating. So I thought, you know what, I'm gonna take the script, I'm gonna break it down, and I'm gonna just put it out as a comic book I'm going to build the following that way and then when we go back to the investors we've got oh look here's you know a uh, hundred thousand people that have, have, have invested in this yeah, as a comic book really you know and, and build the audience from from that way and, yeah. and build it the ground up so that's kind of what we're doing at the moment is is sort of just taking all of the you know the stuff from filmmaking and doing the commercials and watching loads of stuff and kind of putting it all together and then bringing it back to you know back to the source back to the comic books and kind of just building the fan base from the root up so that's kind of the journey we're on at the moment as um as me myself as an individual as, as you know as, as a company okay um can you take myself and the listeners through your headspace when you were creating the character heru yeah, do you know, so I'm a black studies teacher, um, um, and so I do look study a lot on ancient Egyptian um, mythology and typology, and um, the icons that are in uh, uh, that that come out of um, ancient Kemet. And one of the things was this this character um, Horus, which is basically the Greek name for Heru. So the Africans called called him Heru. The Greeks 
took that same uh, deity and named him uh, Horus, the son of Osiris. Uh, to the Africans, he was Heru, son of Asur. And so, looking at that, then I found, did some study, and I saw that the actual word hero comes from that word Heru. So that's why we named the book Heru, um, the first hero, because the root word of the English word hero actually comes from that African word Heru. And so that was kind of the catalyst was like, you know, I want to kind of tell our stories. I've always said that, you know, I I have enjoyed, you know, Stanley is one of my heroes. I, Superman, I have a Superman tattoo on my arm. There's the, 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 the S, the symbol of hope. I've got that, you know, but growing up, I've always wanted heroes that look like me as well more of and some with great powers you know a lot of these guys were a bit like backup dancers the black guys yeah, and <laughs> they were like backing vocalists they were never the stars <laughs> yeah, yeah and not black blackity black you get what i mean like not um you have superman then you have black this you know yeah you have black that exactly not ever the man not ever flash man it must be black flash yeah or, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it was all, always the way. You know, it's always the case. Black lightning. There's no such thing. <laughs> now let me tell you, you something that, that will blow your mind. An idea I have in the DC universe. You know, uh-huh. there's gold. There's actually gold that has not been exploited or explored in the Superman mythos, and that's. Everyone, you know, all the heroes that have emanated from um, Krypton are all from the fam- the elite families, the elite families yep. like um, Jorel, top scientist, yep. Zod, general of the Kryptonian army. Yeah. You know, so now, and then the reason why. Um, kryptonite affects or depowers Superman is because it's toxic waste from Krypton. Uh-huh. You know, it's toxic waste from Krypton, so just as toxic waste um, from Earth would um, be injurious to our health as humans and yeah. all that, same thing with Kryptonite. So I was yeah. wondering that there, there must be some folks that grew up in the slums of Krypton yes you know there must be some folks that grew up in the slums of Krypton that Kryptonite was the only thing they knew you know and they became so used to Kryptonite that rather than it being injurious to them it became a source of strength and their power Uh. you know That'd be a great stuff. I think the idea of having a Kryptonian slum is a great idea. Yeah, because you know, because you're right. We we don't. We get everything. Everything's basically the ruling class of Krypton, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, ruling class. And then the explosion, like for Kara, that Supergirl, her departure yep. was planned. Put her in the spaceship and fly her out to take care of her cousin, who was put in the spaceship as well, and was sent off. Now, how about some parents? Because parents will always be parents wanting to take care of the children, protecting their children. You know, how about some really poor parents that all they had access to was a kryptonite rock? 
and just like they do with baby Jesus put in the manger you put they could only tearfully put their baby in a kryptonite rock that's the only protection they could give you know the child and when yeah. the explosion happened so rather than it being planned the explosion happened and the rock just cast you know cast the, yes. the child hustling yep, yep. to earth rather than something that's planned you know and he comes to earth and becomes a symbol of krypton and then he gains superpowers and all his powers are kind of reverse to superman so let's say someone like batman let's say for his, for argument purposes we just say we call him mr krypton so batman uh-huh. in his usual way says oh mr krypton someone from another alien has come into earth i must find him as the detective i am look for him and then while he's fighting with him he brings out his kryptonite to, to try to uh, weaken him and he's shocked the guy almost breaks his neck you know so this kind of storyline bring out heroes from the slums the, the yeah. backwater towns or backwater cities on yeah. backwater nations that, that didn't have access to as much technology as um, Kando had because Kando is city west woman from as much access to that you know and then you have an entire new mythology you know tied yeah. to the whole superman thing yeah it's a great idea it really is and i think i think those are the stories now that um i think with so much independent creators i think those are the kind of minds sets now and the kind of stories that are coming out because there's so many of us out here that are doing stuff you know every day on the instagram i see like someone else is reading out a comic book and i love it because what it does is you know for example if i was to sell my idea of heru or any of the other guys in in, in my universe to marvel or dc those characters only end up being props for their lead characters that are making all the money they end up just being props just someone for them to either beat up or someone to be a kind of a sideline character yeah. for them because you've got the established guys and this is just how it is and and so what the independent world is allowing to happen is like what you've just done there it's just bringing out this whole other stuff that we you know that that maybe these guys are thinking about but but haven't got the scope to do it because guess what if this is working because i think when, it's when those kind of stories come out that people get really engaged you know I, I feel like not a lot of people knew much about black panther outside of the comic world outside of us yeah but yeah. it done so well in the mainstream because they just thought wow this is something different wow you know and so the whole mainstream kind of gravitated towards it and i think it is those types of stories that i mean they're you know i'm looking forward to morbius you know i'm looking forward to these kind of (laughs) you know what i mean these sort of sideline stories that you just think whoa (laughs) you gotta think look how well blade done most people a lot of people do not know that blade is a comic character i mean you know the general public don't know that blade is from the marvel universe yeah yeah, and blade's massive in the real world so to speak as a real world character as a film you know wesley snipes brought that character to life i know it kind of died by the time we got to play trinity but you know blade blade one and two was absolutely fantastic and again he's sort of a sideline hero he's like um you know sort of backup dancer for spider-man and yeah. look how well blade can come out and do so i think you're right i think it's these kind of stories you know i i would love to see um 
you know, I would love to have seen, you know, uh, 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 when the Hulk, when the when when Bruce got the Infinity Gauntlet and snapped and brought everyone back. Now I know he only brought back the people that turned to dust, but technically he could have brought back anyone he wanted, other than anyone other than the people that were in the Soul Stone. And I would like him to have brought back Heimdall. And wouldn't we love to see a series or something with Heimdall in New York? You know, yeah. I just look at Idris Elba, you know, with those yeah. dreadlocks. And could you just imagine if he crash landed in New York and kind of, you know, forgotten who he was sort of thing. And you've just got this this basic God in yeah. this in, in Harlem, you know, <laughs> just, you know, those are the kind of stories yeah. you want to see, you know. Yeah. <laughs> love- you know, that, that's, that, that's where we want to be at now. So I think you're right. I think it is... Um, uh, uh, you know, just the ideas that you're coming with. I think that those are the stories now. That for me, that's the future of the industry, right there. More realistic stories. We're bored with. We're just to say, you know, it's like politics. You know, why someone like a Donald Trump can come in? Because he, he, he's not a part of the political class. Yeah, he's rich and all the rest of it, but he's not a politician. It's like people are kind of bored of the same old, same old. And I think we're getting the same in the comic book world. Is like. Let's bring some different stories through, and I think that's why things like the Defenders are doing well. You know that they could even have a, a TV show on Luke Cage or you know Miss Marvel, and they're bringing all these different sort of sideline characters, and you think, whoa! But people are sort of gravitating to them because you're having to come with a you know a really different story, and yeah. I think um, yeah, I think I think that's the future, man. I really do. I think that is the future. Um, okay, I'll give this. I'll. Um... Tell you another idea I have, and then I'll ask the next question. Now, I don't know if you know uh, you. Do you know about Animal Man? No, that rings a bell, but I'm not Animal 100% Man. Update me. Tell he's me. He's a DC character, and he can. His powers basically they look simple, but they're pretty fantastic. You know, he can mimic the powers of any animal he sees. Okay. You know, he can mimic the, the powers of any animal he sees. Now, where the comics got it wrong, I'm sorry, I know they are the creators of the comics and all that. That's fine, that's beautiful. But first, in the comics, he's a white guy. Yeah. One. I'm looking at him now, blonde. I mean, come on. I think that's Really? This wrong. guy should be African. And this is gold. Why is I say it's gold is this could be Jungle Book meets yeah um um uh, what's it called mix jungle, jungle book mix meets black panther yeah meets um lion king yeah you know because you could have a simple storyline a, a black a, a family traveling uh to wherever wherever they're playing crash lands you know both parents die and the, the little boy was brought up by animals. Mm-hmm. Well, the animals, just like you have in, in Jungle Book. And then mm-hmm. he grew up to be their human king, you know. And as he grew up with them, he began to hone their skills, hone his, his fighting skills after the animals. And then was not able, to, he now discovered that he had a, the powers to mimic or copy the powers of, of these animals and this would just be a brand new universe which you could say um, just like you have Wakanda which is uh, a country with very advanced technology you could have uh-huh. can you imagine a kingdom 
um, of animals led by a man that is that has technology that way that is way ahead of what the humans have. Yeah, that'd be great. You know, that would, that would be an that'd an be awesome idea because I was just thinking, animal man, it just just wasting yeah. away somewhere. You know, yeah, just yeah, wasting yeah. away somewhere. And, and these are the kind of stories. Many, many years ago, there used to be this TV series that used to come on called Manimal. And it was about a guy that could turn into different animals. He could turn into... This used to come on a Saturday to Saturday TV back in the 80s. I think 80s or yeah, late 80s. Yeah, definitely late 80s. And um, he could turn into a black jaguar. He could turn into uh, a python. He could turn into an eagle. You know, and I used to just love this program, man. Again, but there's a white guy in the city doing his thing. But you're right. I think that this is the problem. The problem is, and, and you know, you know, they're, they're, they're banging on about diversity and diversity and diversity. And the, the situation is this. Um, whenever you watch these films, you watch films like um, Last of the Mohicans. You watch films like The Last Samurai. Yeah. You watch films like uh, Pocahontas. You watch films like Dances with Wolves. You watch films like Avatar. It's always the white savior complex. And I was in a discussion, I was on a radio show and um, and we was discussing it and they were saying, you know, they were basically saying, you know, why is, you know, why are you always going around the place? You know, he's, why is the last samurai a white man? Why is the last samurai Tom Cruise? You know, why is Last of the Mohicans? And why, you know, why is Kevin Costner dances with wolves? You know, the savior of the Native Americans, you know, they've even gone to Pandora. And it's got to be a white guy that goes and saves all these indigenous blue people. Yeah. You know, what, why is it always that case? And I said, I said, I hear you. And the problem is we don't just need diversity, diversity within the frameworks of the actors and so on. But it's the content creators. Because when I write, you write from your own perspective. And so when James Cameron's writing Avatar, he's the saviour. That's him. That guy in that wheelchair is him. You know, he's the protagonist. And so that's why it's going to look like him. And I think, you know, these guys that are creating these things like your animal mans and all the rest of it, of course, they're going to make it like, you know, Sir Ian Fleming, I'm sure when he's creating James Bond, he's thinking within his own dimensions. And I think, so what we need to do is sometimes... Uh, taking someone else's idea how they didn't intend it to be and kind of bastardising it and sort of saying, you know, in the name of diversity, we're going to make it in our own image. I think, no, I think create our own things. I think bring out our own characters, develop our own superheroes and our own spies and, and all the rest of it, rather than kind of grab what's already there. Because when you're writing from your own mind and your own dimensions, your own experiences, you're going to definitely, it's going to be a more authentic characteristic yeah you you know there are no new ideas under the sun so you're always going to be borrowing from other ideas sometimes even subliminally you're going to be picking up other ideas and adding them to your thing but generally you're going to be writing from your own experiences and from the world the world from your um perspective you know i've got um i've got a comic book that we're in that i'm making at the moment um called heru sixth century and basically i've got him and he fights batman um, uh, but it's called in, in, in my universe but the Batman there is called Barbestula which is a species of bat um, I've got Saviour Man he fight, you know Saviour Man um, I've got Ragnar who is sort of the Thor icon and, and all the rest of it and basically it's set in Selma um, Alabama and it's at the time where they're doing the march in Selma and Heru ends up there by mistake he gets caught in a temporal um, a temporal vortex and he ends up there and um, a girl, a young black girl has just been raped by the Ku Klux Klan 
and Harry basically goes on revenge mode and these and he's, he's killing people uh, members of the clan and, and, and corrupt police and so you know the, the league come to stop him and basically he now really gets stuck into them and his whole thing is why have you lot not stopped these things and, and for me it was looking at the superheroes and looking at the fact that you know when um, 9-11 happened they had spider-man you know they had spider-man rescuing people in uh, uh new york and you know going on the hunt for bin laden you know um they had captain america they basically brought captain america out to beat up hitler you know they had superman even you know attack hitler we've seen numerous um uh, uh dc renditions of the second world war with the justice league saving the day but yet still when it comes to the police brutality and things like the kkk we've never seen any of these heroes address that and so what i had heru do was hold them all to account and whilst he's fighting them he's asking them these questions and he's saying to them you know is it because uh, you know superman you know I've, i have superman quote unquote savior man saying to him you know i can't intervene in the natural development of this you know this society yeah. and he's like you're a hypocrite because you did intervene in the second world war so you're a hypocrite and i wonder alien you know harry says i wonder alien if you'd feel the same way if you was in the same image as these people that are suffering you know i had him with you know he says to batman quote unquote batman yeah. you know i wonder if the reason why you show some of your face is so that the law enforcement know that you're white you know i you know i, I really had him asking some penetrating questions but this is all coming from my perspective and looking at life now you know the guys that wrote these characters probably never thought of it because they didn't have to see their people and feel that pain and feel that suffering and feel like i would love superman to fly down there and beat up the kkk when they were lynching people you know i'd love to have seen wonder woman go down there and kick some ass <laughs> but we, we don't we're not going to see that and so for me i feel like the diversity in uh creators is what's really needed uh more than you know just sticking oh look let's put idris elba in as the new james bond no let's get someone and let's fund them and let's give them the space to create their own you know their own sort of spy franchise and let's see where that takes us because the kind of stories that's going to come out of that is going to be something completely different rather than just kind of black in the character so like yeah. they've given falcon captain america's shield and they've made you know uh the valkyrie the new queen of asgard and it's like no, no burn no. that all down <laughs> you leave that as it is let's get our own captain freedom <laughs> you know <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like, um, should I say, popularity grab, where a character yeah. has been established, and then you say, oh no, he's he's white, so um, because of diversity, we have to make him black. Oh, oh, oh he's I a man. That. I because hate of diversity, it. We have to turn him into a woman. What's that? Oh, I hate it. Because to be honest, if they turned black out for white, we would be marching in the streets, exactly, bro. Exactly. <laughs> and black woman, I. I just saw the trailer and I said, I'm not watching this. You don't piss on Batman in the slightest way and expect me to watch it. Yeah. In the trailer, um, first they said something about Batman being missing. I said, in my mind, I said, okay, calm down now. But I just said, okay, that's kind of understandable. Sometimes Batman could just go on doing his own thing because of the arrogant uh, uh, human being he is. 
He wouldn't tell uh-huh. anyone anything. He would just go on doing what he wants to do. You know? Then, when... Um, I think Ruby Rose, she's the one playing um, Batwoman. Uh-huh. She went into um, Wayne Manor. And then, somehow, she got into the Batcave. Uh-huh. She saw Batman's outfit. And then she's, she was talking about putting it on or making some changes to it. Then a guy that I don't know who is meant to play, what is meant to play, someone who's taking care of the of the building or something. And then he said, no, that's perfect. And then she, she, her full-up line was, it's not perfect until it fits a woman. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> For me, the way you have gone about it was, you have your Batman... You bring her in, and then she's such a badass. She has her own show. You know, yeah. you feed her the popularity of um, the popularity of Batman, and then she's so such a badass. For you know, she has her own show, and you know, or you could even have a Wonder Woman show on her uh-huh. own on her own merit because she's. I'm sure they don't even know the meters of of Bat of Batwoman. Batwoman, she. Batwoman, yeah. She was the U.S. Marine, I think. Uh-huh. U.S. Marine. Her dad is a, uh, a general. And then, what is she, I think, was was she raped or something? And no one believed her in, the, uh, in their camp or something. And then she left. And then she was working at some point with Batman. But she now felt it was kind of a boys club. Because you had Nightwing, you had Batman, you had the new Robin. That's Jason Todd. So she felt like it was kind of... A boys club so she left and still working with them but doing her own thing freelance so kind of trying to replace um, batman with her for me yeah wasn't too too great for me uh-huh. uh, so the question i wanted to ask you um, is have you thought about because i know many people get this going from kickstarter indiegogo and things like that have you thought of exploring those avenues so um, initially, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm just too old school, but um, I had flirted with the idea of, you know, GoFundMe, Kickstarter, Indiegogo and, and so on and so forth. And I just thought, you know what, let me put my own money up. Let me get Heru's book one and two done. Okay. And um, and then let me, because what you usually do is you say, you give me £10 and I'm going to give you a copy of Heru when I make it. You pledge £10 or you pledge £20 and you've got all these things for pledging. And I just feel like if I can get it made, just buy it. Just support me, guys. Just buy it. And I'm going to make it as cheap as I can. So for the, the actual comic book itself, you you know, you've got £12, which is, you know, and it's 52 pages. It's, it's, it's um, you know, it's gloss lamp paging. It's perfect bound, no saddle stitch. You know, it's, it's, it's done to a very, very high level because I looked at that, the, the original Thanos quest. And I was like, I need my book to look like this because I, that's probably my favourite comic, books one and two of the Thanos quest from back in the day. I've got them right here, right now. And so I'm like, this is going to be my standard. I'm going to set here and I'm going to try and do only, only better than this with regards to the production values. Yeah. And then just buy it. And then what I can do is reinvest and then give you more of the same. Um, and I'm going to do a digital version. And I'll make the digital version as cheap as is humanly possible at £1.55. So it's not going to hurt anyone to download a copy of that. And then people hopefully not be inclined to want to just sort of 
download it and then share it with everyone but they'll download it because hey it's one pound fifty how does it hurt okay. and so that's the reason why i didn't really go down the, the the kind of kickstarter kind of thing is that i had the money to actually put the productions out i was fortunate to have the money to be able to do it and um and so it was more like guys just support it so we can bring more of the same because ultimately what we're leading towards is the live action um, the animation then the live action now I've already had, you know I've had I've been in talks with the same um, production company that did uh, the Castlevania uh, for Netflix yeah, yeah. about doing an animation and and you, you're looking at half a million dollars uh, uh, for 22 minutes of animation at that level you know now we could probably get it down cheaper but what, what all the production companies I speak to want to see is the audience yeah. so the campaign that I'm really going to be leading is more guys just download the digital, you know, whether you're into comics or not, whether if you want to help, it's £1.55, just just, just get a copy of it, just, just do it, because at least then I've got the receipts to be able to go to the production company and say, look, I've got 100,000 people that have had their, in, that are interested in seeing this. At that point, they start saying it's a worthy investment. You know, when you've got, you know, you know, 20 people and sort of 10 of them are your family members, you're never going to get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Jesse, you know, you, so, like tell um, our listeners where they can for those ones who are intrigued and would like to get copies of Heru Comics. Yes, indeed. JVN so we are the yes, Comics. Okay. So uh, the, the JVN Comics. The, um, so there's uh, you know Odeon Cinemas. Odeon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Odeon Cinemas. Um, fun fact: most people don't know, but some do. That um, they were created by a gentleman called Oscar Deutsch, and Odeon literally stands for Oscar Deutsch Entertains Our Nation. O D E O N. Odeon. Oscar Deutsch entertains our nation and so that's where Javian came from it was Jason Barrett entertains our nation so that's when I set up the production company called Javian Comics and you know Javian Productions was because of it was just that inspiration I really just loved that idea of what Odeon you know people say Odeon all the time and don't even realize what they're actually saying so um so yeah but um the, the comic books are available at herucomics.com so that's H-E-R-U comics, all one word, herucomics.com. Uh, we've got book one, which is called The First Hero, and book two is called Plantation Wars. They're all available. Um, we're running a promotion at the moment that if you buy either Plantation War or, or um, uh, 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 book one, The First Hero, that you get a free When Heroes Unite A2 poster. And that poster has got basically all of my favorite black superheroes. So on that poster, we've got Peru center stage and then we've got Blade we've got Val Zod we've got Icon we've got Monica uh, Lambeau Miss um, Marvel we've got Storm we've got Black Panther we've got uh, Luke Cage Misty Knight uh, Static Shocks um, there uh, Blue Marvel's there uh, Falcon's there so it's a really nice a2 full color poster with all of your favorite superheroes there so um and we're giving away those that's for the we've been running that promotion for the last two weeks um and actually had a really nice turnout from that promotion but it ends uh this weekend so it ends on sunday so yeah you get a free poster uh with any of your orders of heroes book one or book two and obviously we've got the digital downloads there and the audio book with full sound effects will be available at the beginning of next month of book one um, so we've got all different actors playing the voices, all the sound effects of book one. Um, so yeah, 
that that look those so you can pre-order that all on the site so that's all available my brother at herucomics.com that's brilliant that's brilliant brother that's brilliant brother i want to thank jason barrett for for giving us his time to to come on Ugo's take i think it's been amazing um speaking with someone that loves comics i think maybe a little more than i do <laughs> which i never thought would be possible you know so <laughs> because i'm just crazy about comics and and, and superheroes once in the office quiz uh, the office quiz was just all about superheroes and <laughs> all the folks that thought the new things about superheroes were just confused when i said uh, what's the um the laser beams that shoot out of dark eyes dark sides eyes called uh-huh. uh, some didn't even know who dark side was you know so it's been nice having you here i hope the next next time if um we want you to come on i hope you would you would oblige us absolutely i've had a great time thank you so much um oh, it's been great i love talking about comics so it's so nice to just get to talk just about comics and so yeah fantastic anytime 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 <laughs> all right thank you so much brother thank you you're so welcome much. my brother take care all right take care all right bye all right people that was um jason baritone ugo steak um I hope you've had a nice time as much as we have had, you know, talking about these comics and talking about your favorite superheroes, talking about his comic books, um, Hero uh, JB on Comics, and Hero, Hero, the, the original character, his um, flagship character. So visit his website, as he has said, and enjoy the comics, download and patronize and encourage a wonderful artist. A wonderful person and I, i'm proud to call a wonderful friend thank you all thanks for listening mm-hmm.